Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are super blessed that you have taken another one of your moments in this very short life to spend with us here at Shouts of Grace Radio, and we are honored um, to have you tune in with us as we go through God's Word and what God's Word has to say to us concerning um, our conduct, our way of thinking, our habits, everything. As the Scripture says, God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, and so here at Shouts of Grace, we try to apply that through a number of ways, taking current events, taking Scripture, taking life happenstances, and just running it through the filter of God's Word. And so welcome, and again, thank you. I am in studio today with uh, Pastor Joe Funicello, a pastor and elder at Redemption Hill Church, where we serve together. Pastor Joe, welcome again. Hey, thank you, Pastor Steve. Um, Hey, listen, if you are a return listener, we want to say thank you for your support, and also say that if this is your first time listening, hey, welcome, and to let you know that Shouts of Grace Radio is just simply a discussion based program where we go through God's Word and we apply it to every part of life. And we've been doing that for about two and a half years. And so if you have um, any any desire to go back and listen to some past episodes, well, we have a way to fulfill that desire of yours. You can go to shoutsofgraceradio.com and there you have about um, 150, 160 past episodes, two, uh, two and a half years worth. And so have fun there and go ahead and drop us a comment or a, or a suggestion. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Pastor Joe, last week we started kind of a, um, a series that um, we kind of made up on the spot. <laughs> we were entitling it Psalm Hopping. Um, and so um, a lot of people in life do a lot of different hopping. Well, we're going to go psalm hopping, <laughs> and we're going to hop through the psalms, and we're going to see what God has to say. And so last week we looked at Psalm 23. We encourage you to go back and listen to that. But this week, Joe, I thought we'd be in Psalm 51, because Psalm 51 is just packed. It's packed with encouragement. It's packed with reality, with truth, and I think every believer ought to spend you know, several hours a year going through Psalm 51 because they will definitely draw um, life out of it. And so um, what I want to do, Joe, is um, just have you jump into this for us and um, read Psalm 51, and we're going to read verses 1 through 12, and then we're going to kind of um, pull each layer out and see what God has to say. So read Psalm 51, verses 1 through 12. All right. To the uh, chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone to into Bathsheba. Verse 1, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear 
Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's a ton there. And so maybe what's probably best first is um, that we just kind of paint the scene in which this is written. Because I think when when we kind of understand the scenery, we'll understand maybe a little bit more of the heaviness of, of what David's saying here. And so he says there um, that this was a time when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had sinned with Bathsheba. And if people don't remember that story, you can go back and you can read it, where um, King David, at a time when other kings went out to war, um, he stood back, he stayed back. And so he was out on his balcony one day, he looks down and he sees this woman, um, this married woman, might I add, Bathsheba, who was bathing. And there's you know debate as to wh- what she was doing out there. Regardless, um, she was out there and his eyes looked at her. And so he went and sent one of his men and he, and he and he grabbed her and he took her and you know he had relations with her while her husband was away fighting the war that he should have been fighting so that makes it kind of doubly awkward well when it turns out that um that she that that she ends up pregnant from David he wants to cover his tracks and so he sends word uh to bring her husband back from war to kind of have a you know kind of a weekend with his wife and and things didn't go out the way David had planned. He was hoping that he could cover his sin by, you know, by by the by Bathsheba's husband coming home and 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 being a married couple. And he was an honorable man and said, I, I can't do this while my men are out at war. So he slept on the porch. Um, and so David decided, well that didn't work. So he sent him back to the front lines with a letter to the commander of the army saying, put him on the very front where the hottest action is and then pull everyone back and let him die. And that worked. And so David, then shortly after the word that, that, that Bathsheba's husband was dead, took her, married her. And so, of course, nine months later, it's not a shock that the two married couple, David and Bathsheba, had a baby together. Sin covered everything fine until one day he got a knock at the door. And it was this prophet Nathan who came in and told David a story about a man who had a pet sheep and then there was another man you know and and he had um you know he had these people that come over and 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 this man who had all kinds of sheep and you know went and took the one man's pet sheep and he killed it and he fed it what do you think should be done to the man who had all these sheep and he went and took the one man's pet sheep and david was furious and he said ah that man you know he needs to die you know he needs to pay he needs to pay this back this is not right And then the fateful words that Nathan the prophet spoke to David, David, you are that man. And then he says, you had everything as king. Why did you go and take Uriah? Why did you kill him? Why did you infringe upon a marriage with what you did? God saw everything. And if he hadn't given you enough, he would have given you more. You've offended God. And David was pricked to the heart and he was struck deeply. And so that's the setting. But the odd thing is, is that there was this year gap between the time that he commits the sin and the time that Nathan the prophet shows up. And so David, in the eyes of men, is getting away with this sin because nobody knows it. But behind the scenes, as the wheels are turning, God saw 
everything. And so he sends Nathan the prophet. That is the scenery. And so David's response to Nathan is now this psalm. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me from my iniquity or my filth. Cleanse me from my sin. Joe, jump into David's head for a second. As one sinner talking to other sinners that are listening, what is going on in David's mind? Because you you don't have to think long because it goes on in every sinner's mind, right? What's going on in the wake of this horrific act? Well, um, you know, like you said, David's trying to cover, thinks everything's good and everything. And then Nathan presents the truth to him. And David is a broken man. You know, like you said, his heart is absolutely crushed. Um, And so he's exposed. His sin is exposed for the whole world. Matter of fact, it's recorded in scripture for eternity. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) And uh, you know, and it's not hidden in, in, and you know, God, like God's leaders, that's how he paints, you know, he brings it out. But in David is just an absolute broken man. So he comes, he, he realizes, you know, he's done and it's a good place to be. And he comes and says, have mercy on me, God, according to your loving kindness and your, and according to the multitude of your tender mercies, David's crushed. Mm -hmm. David is exposed, broken, and he realizes, you know, he's asking for God's mercy according Mm -hmm. to his loving kindness, not according to David's great works Mm -hmm. or the good things David had done. Maybe in the past, you might see that in other Psalms when he was a younger man, according to my righteousness or, but now David's like, oh boy plays according to your tender mercies. Yeah, and you know, here's what I don't see in this either. I don't see David coming out with the blame game. Like, God, you're 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 eternal. Like you knew she would be out there. Why didn't yeah. you why yeah, didn't you have exactly. me go yeah. some watching TV somewhere? Yeah, yeah. I mean, why why yeah. couldn't she have been ugly? Why did she yeah. have to be bathing? Yeah. I mean, God, this is your fault. Like you, you know, it, you, you don't see this blame game yeah, where it's everybody else's yeah. fault no. for what you've done. Yeah. He you just see him like you said, broken and busted. But here's the cle- here's the thing, Joe. He sinned against Uriah. He killed him. Yeah. He sinned against Bathsheba. He committed adultery, but he states something very interesting before any of that. What does he say? He says against you and you only have I sinned. He Talk says about that a that. little little later on down here. Um, you know, I think uh, your uh, Nathan had brought that out and said, you know, David, if there had been anything else you had wanted, I would have given it to you. God had had mm. told David that, and and. And, and then David realizes ultimately, um, completely, yes, I've hurt these people. Yes, I've sinned. I've killed a man. I've taken uh, a, a lady's husband away. I've entered into this relationship and all of that. But ultimately, it always boils down to I've sinned against you and you only, God. And so the great burden of this, the great uh, uh, confession of this is that he, when he's confronted he maybe is experiencing something of God's presence because he was anointed king, a uh, symbol of the Holy Spirit, and maybe at that point he's in God's presence and seeing God in a way that causes him to say, I, I, I did this to you and you only. Wow. Yeah, he says, against you and you only have I sinned. He says, and done what is evil in your sight. 
David realized God saw it. And, and I think there's something there for all of us to understand. You know, a lot of times we think if I could just cover it with man, if I could cover it with my wife or with my husband or with my friend or with my pastor or with my church, and that, that's the most important thing to us, right? Just as long as no, nobody knows. Like, well, who did you tell this to? You know, who, do you, who knows this, right? And, and what we don't realize is God sees it. And yeah. that shows when we're more concerned with what man knows about our inner heart rather than God, that yeah. shows that there is not a fear of the Lord yeah. and that we will do anything and everything and say anything and everything to save our own tail if it yes. means that people think well of us the yes. whole time. God sees you, man. Yeah. He sees everything you did. Yeah. Hey, I want to talk more about this on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. Stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to the program. Pastor Joe Fumicello is in studio with me today, elder and pastor serving alongside of me at Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. And Pastor Joe, um, we're going through Psalm 51, and before the break, we're just talking about the idea that um, as, as David is is living now in the aftermath of complete betrayal of God and, and, and a few different people, breakup of a marriage, everything— He's broken, and, and he realizes that his sin is against God and that God sees all of it. Um, and, 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 and I find it interesting. We, we didn't talk about this, but he appeals to the character of God. He knows yeah, God. He you know, he, he, he doesn't appeal to God. Would you look back in all that I've done for you? I mean, I, okay, I blew it this one time. Can we just yeah. weigh it out a little bit? And, yeah. you know, he appeals to the character of God when he says, um, your mercy, and he talks about your your steadfast love, abundant mercy. He's just talking about those things that are stapled to the character of God, yeah. which means he knows who to go to in a hard time, yeah. and he knows what to appeal for, right? Yes. How important is that for a sinner, when well, for a person who's a Christian now, to know that penance isn't you spending a little time away from God when you've blown it so you can feel better about yourself and yeah. the sting of sin can kind of dissipate, but to boldly come to the throne of grace. Why is that important for a Christian to grab on to that character of God. Well, you just hit on that burst. Uh, you know, come to the throne of grace where at, at time of need where you can find mercy and grace. Mm. Listen, the first thing, the very most important thing, because you alluded just previously to the man that didn't care. He said he only wanted to be seen in front of men. He only wanted to be seen in front of people. It's a sad place to be because like Samson, he went out assuming God was still with him. He wasn't this man that wow. thinks like that and goes that way, has lost the knowledge, the presence, the fear of God, and he's in a very dangerous place. He should be woken up by a Nathan if somebody's like that. Hmm. But to think about this right here, uh, he's appealing to God the same thing we can do. Yes, we've sinned. Yes, we feel terrible. But our source is him, the loving kindness, the greatness of God to come upon us where we seek from him not only forgiveness and restoration into his presence and into um, 
intimacy back again with God, because if we've grieved the Holy Spirit, we're not going to be intimate with him. Yeah. But you run to the place where God, it's always been him from the beginning. It's always going to be God. It's never going to change. We have not gotten righteousness on any of our own efforts. That's right. We have got it from Jesus Christ. And so we continue in that place. And it goes back to the the um, what we talked about previously, that resting in the finished work of Christ. And so we want that relationship. We want to be whole and we don't want to be involved in uh, things that separate us from him. Wow. Well said. Well said. Verse five says really the reason why this, this happened, you know, I think we struggle sometimes with, gosh, why would I do that? Why understand me? I don't understand my actions. Oh, you know, and you're just aftermath. You're like, ah, well, here's why. Because behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin, my mother did conceive me. Now there are some that would suggest that, that David was, was born illegitimately. Right. But I don't, I don't personally believe that's what this is talking about. I believe what this is saying is what can be said of all of us, that we were all brought forth in iniquity. We were brought forth under the condemnation of sin. We were born into sin. This speaks of a nature that has a propensity to do everything that David did right from birth. Like, you you know, it's in in some ways, you know, I've said this often that, you know, when you're born, okay, you're not as bad as you can be, right? But you're as bad off as you can be. You are a factory of sin that just is ramping up. And all you need is a little bit of time and 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 you have the raw material to produce the foulest of sins yes. all living inside you so you were yeah. brought forth in iniquity right and you were conceived in that condition yeah exactly so so he says there then behold you delight in truth in the inner inward being and you teach wisdom in the secret heart and now we're starting to get into the place where it matters because i was born into sin joe because i have this incurable disease called sin and it's part of my nature behold you delight in truth in the inward being so god isn't interested in you covering your tracks with Bathsheba and murdering uriah so everybody could think that you're righteous he's going inside and talk about the truth that god wants to be exposed inside in the inner being yeah and and, you know that's where it's always uh number one you know if it starts out the inner being is is taken care of the inner being is right before god there's nothing hidden everything is exposed and you lay it all out there and god does a cleansing work in your life then from there the outer being can show that and it's never the the reverse but god desires the innerness with me and him and intimacy he doesn't want a phony relationship he wants my heart he wants it truthfully he wants me honest before him and he wants me to walk in that in my inward part in my heart and in my mind and he doesn't want me to play games and so that's what he cares about that's what uh, is most important to him and why because that's what affects us most and is most important to us mm. so when he talks about truth well, like what does that practically look like in the inner being does that mean that that <clears throat> that if you know Joe if I'm gonna if Let's say I'm, I'm mad at someone. Let's say I hate somebody. Can, can I go to God and can I go in prayer and say, God, um, I hate this person. I can't stand this person. Is, is, that, is, is that like a no-no? Do I, or do I have to approach him and say, Thou is the Holy One of Israel, thy great commander of the host of army. Um, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling unkind towards this person. Please uh, uh, repair the callousnesses of my heart. Like, what does it mean, truth? Yeah. The inward being. Yeah. You know, um, he, you know, when you, you say that it, 
some people may think that because it's a surface thing. But when it's an mm. inward thing, he knows. I've always heard uh, from, you know, when I first uh, gave my life to the Lord and had faith in him, put my trust in him, that God knows it anyway. God knows mm. our hearts. You know, Psalm, I think it's 139 or whatever, says that he knows our thoughts before we think them. Mm. So he knows what's going on in the inward parts. So don't try to hide it. Don't try to be phony before God. As a matter of fact, the greatest thing you could do is just be honest before him. I have trouble with this person. As a matter of fact, I hate this person. Help me change my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, I've done that many times. I remember the first time and I was shocked. I think I was waiting for a lightning bolt to come out and strike me from heaven. <laughs> I was sitting on a porch in, in Southern California when I was praying. I was probably like a year old in the Lord and I was just raw and didn't know anything. And I just remember saying, okay, Lord, I'm just going to throw something out to you, God. Um, everyone's talking about faith. Everyone's talking about trusting you. I don't trust you. Yeah. And those words like echoed in the hallways of, of my mind, like, yeah. oh my gosh, did I just commit the unpardonable sin? Yeah. And it's like you said, the Lord's like, I know, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, man, I, I, I've known that for a long time. I'm glad that you've come to realize that now. Now let's yeah. fix it, right? Yeah. And so I'm gonna put you through some things and we're gonna build that faith and yeah. we're gonna build that trust. And so it's being honest, right? Yeah. And I think there's too many people that pull up a table to the to the to the religious dinner and they just wanna put their best face on, their best show on. It's like, come on, man, you're struggling with porn and you're not telling anybody. You have yeah. a messed up and jacked up marriage and you're not telling anybody, yeah. right? You're going bankrupt and you don't tell anybody. Yeah. But hey, let's all put our smile on and yeah. our ties on while we yeah. come to church and say, Praise the Lord, you know, God is good. It's like it's like God wants truth, yeah. and that's where the Holy Spirit works transformation. The basis yeah. is of truth. It's not facade. It's not fake. Like you said, it's not a. It's not phony. Um, he says something here, Joe, as, we're, as we got a, a few minutes left. He goes back in verse 7. He says, purge me, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have broken rejoice. Talking about what God has laid on him because of his sin, the chastisement. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. And now I want to finish with this verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And he goes on in verse 12, restore to me the joy of my salvation. So what you see here is during this time where he was holding in his sin, he lost the joy of his salvation. Yeah. He did. He, he lost connection and closeness with God. And let that be a lesson to the listeners, Joe. If you hide in sin, you're not hiding from God, but you're robbing yourself of the joy and the forgiveness and the mercy that gets extended when confession comes. But he says something, and I want you to close this out in the last couple minutes. In the last minute, he says, create in me a clean heart. Dave, David realized he couldn't clean his Amen. own heart. Amen. Talk about how important yeah. that is to live a successful, well done, good and faithful servant life before the Lord. You know, David, David hit on it. But he, he shows his dependence. He says, I'm not going to act. I'm not going to be something I'm not. He's going to go before the Lord openly and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart because I can't do that. I can't make myself what I need to be. Because what I need to be and what you call me to be is impossible for me without you doing a work by the Holy Spirit in my life. And then when that is, takes place, when that work is done, then everything is right. Everything in the universe is right because you're walking with him and everything seems the flowers seem to be brighter. You know, the, 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 the sunshine is you get along your with your spouse more. <laughs> everything seems to be perfect. But it is the inward part. There is not a religious show. There was not a, a, you know, and we all want to 
be our best and everything, but it matters most in the inward parts of my life that I have that relationship with him and it is active and alive and I'm communing with my God. Without that, I'm a desert. Amen. In fact, I think that's the that's exactly what he talks about down in verse 17. He says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. And that is when we have truth in the inward being and we trust and we rely on God. Hey, listen, we are out of time for this episode of Shouts of Grace. We sure appreciate you joining us today and we hope to see you back here next week. God bless you and have yourself a wonderful week and may the Lord bless you and fill you with his spirit. Thank you for joining us on today's episode episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.